You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. I am Pastor Jason, if you don't know. Thank you so much for being a part of the Mission family. One th- like One thing about the Mission that I love is basically we've become like the Olive Garden of churches, like when you're here, you're family, right? Um, and so like, is that, is that bad? Hey, we have bread at communion, come on. They're not bread sticks, but you know, we, we provide bread. Um, <laughs> we provide the bread of life, oh, can I get an amen? Yeah, that's right. Um, man, so... Uh, we, we just want to say that if you're here for the first time or the 50th time or the 500th time, 500th? Sure, why not? Um, your family. Thank you for being here. We're so glad you're here. Um, man, uh, Christmas time uh, is maybe my absolute favorite season of the year. Anybody else a Christmas nut with, with me? Yes, I love Christmas. Uh, unlike a lot of people, I actually love Christmas music. Anybody like Christmas music? Like, yes, that's right. And, uh, and, and so I look forward to this season every year. And we have some traditions around here at the mission. We have the kids' night out where they get to do all kinds of Christmassy stuff, and that's coming up soon. And we get to, you know, do our candlelight gathering on Christmas Eve. And so there's all kinds of of really awesome, fun stuff to get involved with, and uh, we always go to in and out after the Christmas Eve gathering. That's like a tradition. Did you know, Mission Trivia, did you know that our very first preview service, when was it, Jeff and Angelica? Do you know? No? I know you know. I, I told you. Christmas Eve. We, weren't, we didn't even launch the mission, and we did our very first preview service of the mission on Christmas Eve. Uh, it'll be 10 years ago this, this Christmas Eve. Crazy. And then we went to In-N-Out, and we've been going to In-N-Out after Christmas Eve ever since. That's our, that's our tradition. So, yeah, so I just, I love tradition. I love that the Christmas season, but sometimes I feel like we can get... Um, a little confused when churches and stuff start throwing around the word Advent. And so I just want to take a second and break it down, if that's okay. Just like to, re- and maybe this is just a refresher for you. But what does the word, because when Christmas comes around, we don't, like lots of churches, they don't call it just the Christmas season, they call it the Advent season, right? And so like sometimes people are like, what is that, right? And so Advent is more than just a, a calendar that you can buy at Trader Joe's or, or wherever that you get to eat a piece of chocolate every day. Um, there are some dope advent calendars out there, by the way. Like, my boys bought a Lego advent calendar, where, like, years ago, where they built a little minifigure or something every day. Like, how cool is that? They didn't have that kind of stuff when I was a kid. Like, come on. But um, it, it's actually... It's actually more than just this, this little treat that we give ourselves every day with these advent calendars. Um, it is so much more than that. Um, advent actually means arrival or coming, right? And uh, during this advent season, 
we take a moment to remember how long the people of Israel waited for the Messiah God had promised them, right? They waited hundreds of years. And uh, so each day when you eat your piece of chocolate or you put together your Lego minifigure or whatever it is, I think we have a cheese one, like a fancy cheese one. Um, when When you do that, Take a moment, just take a moment, and and remember that people waited for Jesus for hundreds of years. The arrival, waited for the arrival of uh, Emmanuel, the Messiah, and I I don't mean your friend Manuel, I mean Emmanuel, (laughs) right? God with us, right? People waited and waited for hundreds of years. And and though Jesus is no longer with us right here in human form, we have direct access to our Savior through the Holy Spirit. Do we not? We do. So in a sense, we are currently in the time between. Because... uh, We're in this time where we can celebrate Jesus' first advent, his first coming, his first arrival. But don't be mistaken, there is a second advent coming. We're in the time between where we can celebrate Jesus' first coming, his first arrival, and we're looking towards the day with hope, peace, joy, and love to all mankind when the second advent, the second arrival of Jesus comes. And, it's, and, and when Jesus comes back, he's not, he's not coming alone, right? He's bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Amen? Amen. This is what Advent is all about. Within Advent, we take... Uh, the weeks leading up to Christmas to meditate on four themes, hope, peace, joy, and love. And Brian kicked off our Advent series, The Arrival, um, by talking uh, about hope. And he said this, hope is not just about wishful thinking. It's about us putting our complete trust in a trustworthy God. That'll preach right? That'll preach. Good job, Brian. Good job, Brian. Way to go. And Danielle, Danielle brought a mini message because it was our family style gathering, but she brought a mini message last week about peace that to me was infinitely more powerful than a lot of long messages. Like, and more like more elaborate and involved messages, like she just brought it last week. She said this, the Messiah didn't come just to bring peace as the world knows it. Jesus came to bring shalom, which is bigger than just peace as the world knows it. Shalom is completeness. It's a whole idea of human flourishing. Right? So, so this, is, this, is, uh, this is shalom. This is peace. This is, shalom is the peace that the Savior came for, 
to bring us, right? And today we're tackling joy. And I feel like joy is, is sometimes one of the most confusing things because we count it as only a feeling. We count it only as a feeling that comes and goes, right? I think joy is a challenging one because, um, you know, like I think of Pixar, the Pixar movie, Inside Out, you know, and and the joy character in that movie. You know, I I love Pixar. I'm like a Pixar nut. Like, I love it. But... Um, but she's exuberant all the time, and she's make you know she's she's happy, and she's trying to make other people happy, and there's no room for any other emotion, right? And, and I think sometimes when we think of joy, that's what we think about. Now she goes through her own process in the movie, so like watch the movie. I'm not going to tell you, um, but uh, you know I I just think joy is so much more than just an emotion that comes and goes, especially the joy that comes from Jesus. And so here's the deal. I want to talk about, now I have, I I, want to dive into uh, Luke 1, but I'm going to have to paraphrase some of the storylines. I'm sure a lot of you know the storylines, but just for time's sake, I'm going to have to paraphrase some of the storylines. So go back and read Luke 1 after this. If you haven't read it before, just read the whole thing. It's awesome. And and maybe just go on and continue to read Luke 2, because that's really awesome too. So, Um, But I want to start out with uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now, Zach and Elizabeth, I'm just going to call them Zach, because Zachariah is way too long for me. Um, The Bible starts out by telling us that Zach and Elizabeth were righteous. That's the very first thing that the Bible says about Zach and Elizabeth is they were righteous in God's sight and blameless and obeyed all of his commands. And then the second thing they said, the Bible said, is, but they were also childless because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. Now, if you've known the pain of infertility, like, you, you can feel Elizabeth's pain right now, you know? There are people that long to have a child that can't, and there's deep-seated pain there. And, and, it, and, and if the Bible, like, uh, wasn't real enough, it goes on to say that they were both very old, like, the Bible's getting raw right here. Like, like, not only is it talking about the pain of infertility, but then it goes on to call the lady old. Like, come on. They were both very old. It doesn't just say old. It says very old. Like, come on. But Zach was a priest, right? And he was chosen to burn incense in the temple. And while he does, an angel appears to him and tells them they're going to have a baby, and, uh, and he should be named John, and he's going to pave the way for the Messiah, right? And Zach questions the angel, and, and like he, he, his response reminds me of a lot of husbands' responses. Like, 
I, I, I can kind of see myself in this response a little bit. He says, Zach says to the angel after he says, I, I'm going to have, uh, you're going to have a baby. And he says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years, right? Like, well along in years, like, oh, you know, like, I, I can't call my wife old, you know, like, <laughs> the Bible called her very old, but I can't, right? Like, and so, um, and, and so he says, I, I, she's well along in years. How can this be? How can this be? That's Zach's response to the angel. And as a, as a result, the angel says, hey, look, I stand in the presence of God just because, you know, you're... You're, you're questioning me, you're doubting me, like, I'm going to make you silent until the baby arrives. That's it in a nutshell. And then, um, so Elizabeth gets pregnant, right? Uh, and this is where we pick up our story today that I actually want to read parts of. Luke 1, verses 26 um, I'm going to be reading from the NIV, um, and uh, so this is the next passage in the story, and we're going to jump around a little bit, but I, I want to I for sure read this out loud. So um, Luke 1, ver- beginning at verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. How great of a greeting is that? Like, the, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. For he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I want you to pay attention to Mary's response versus Zach's response. Here's Mary's response, verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fo- or, uh, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Left her. So, a couple of things I want to just point out in this little section of the story. Um, the angel comes, and 
you know, like we have these pretty little angels on our Christmas trees and in our houses around Christmas time and stuff like that. But every time I read about someone encountering an angel, they're terrified. Like, and so I just, you know, I think that's worth pointing out. Like all of a sudden you're in the presence of something so beyond your comprehension that you're, you're, you're both in awe and terrified. And, and, and that's where Mary, even though the angel is saying, greetings, highly favored one. That, I mean, Kim, you know, when I come downstairs, that's usually how Kim greets me. But, um, uh, but <laughs> psych. Um, um, but the angel is saying very beautiful, wonderful things to, to Mary, and she's, she's afraid. And, and so uh, Mary responds, the, the angel says, you're going, you're going to have a baby. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to have a baby. And her response is, I want to read it just right. How will this be? How will this be? For I am a virgin, right? And I think there's such a distinction there between Zach's response to the angel and Mary's response to the angel. Zach's response was, it, it, was, it was doubt, right? It was, you know, I'm old, my wife is on in years, Right? There was doubt in the question, but Mary, how will this be? Full of faith, full of faith. Mary, uh, even, uh, so when the angel was finished, giving all of the information to Mary, he said, Elizabeth, your relative who was in her who who was said to be barren is now six six months pregnant. And he says in verse 37 that that is this is this is worth underlining, this is worth highlighting. If you have like a unicorn sticker that you want to place next to this verse 37, for no word from God will ever I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. Now, I think sometimes we tend to whitewash the Christmas story a little bit. Just like those angels that I mentioned a second ago, like we, we kind of whitewash them and dull them down. But make no mistake about it, Mary, in the culture that she was in, she was pledged to be married, right? She was pledged to be married. And, and did, do you know what they did to unfaithful women, like wives? Yes, they killed them. She's pledged to be married. And here this angel is saying, you're about to become pregnant with God's baby. And does she go down the road of what's Mary's choice at this point? Mary's choice could have been like, how am I going to explain this to Joseph? 
There's no, there's no way I can explain it legitimately. There's, there's, uh, her choice could have been like, can you wait till after I'm married, God? Like, she could have put a stipulation on it. You know, there are infinite amount of, of, of choices that she could make here uh, in how she responds because it's a complicated situation. We've, we've dulled it down a little bit to make it look really cool in children's plays and stuff like that, and I'm cool with that, but as adults and people of faith, we need to know the reality of the situation because lots of us are faced with the same situation every single day. The Lord says, love your neighbor. Right? Like, maybe it's a coworker that chews too loud. <laughs> right? They sit the, the cubicle across from you and you just listen to them chewing all day. Right? We're fi- like, what? What? Is that not a problem? Because it's a problem for me. Kim chews loud. No, I'm just kidding. She doesn't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She doesn't. Um, but, but we're faced with this same thing. The Lord may be calling you out into something he has for you, a piece that he wants you to play in his master plan. And there are an infinite amount of choices that you could make. And Mary, faced with all of this, with the possibility of death, honestly, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I pray that I have the courage to do that when the Lord calls me forward. I pray that for you. And Mary just doesn't sit still. What does she do after this in verse 39? She moves uh, over to where Elizabeth is. She moves towards what God said. So 39, at, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb uh, and Elizabeth were filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is this child you will bear. But But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So Mary just doesn't sit still after the angel leaves, like wondering, like, huh, I wonder if that's true, what he said about Elizabeth. No, she goes to Elizabeth. She, she chooses to partner with what God is doing. She goes to Elizabeth, and, and, 
And before she even fully enters the room, Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit hits Elizabeth and the baby in her belly, and, the, and Elizabeth begins to proclaim things that Mary hasn't even had time to tell her yet. Right? Mary moved, she positioned herself towards the towards what the Lord had said to do. She made the move, right? She didn't just sit and wonder and be passive. She made the move. And here's the thing that I want you to grab onto this is because the, set, the next portion of this passage is Mary's song, right? It's Mary's response in the Holy Spirit to what Elizabeth has just said. And it's beautiful, and it's sincere, and it's like an, an outburst of joy. It's, I, I, that's what I really think every time I read this passage, is this is literally an outburst of joy. She is so full right here that she can no longer contain it. And it says this, uh, in 46, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. For now, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. What did that angel say? For no word from God will ever fail. Mary is declaring the faithfulness of God right here in this joy outburst. But make no mistake, that joy is more than just an emotion. Joy is more than just an outburst. Joy is a choice. Joy, uh, joy is a choice. Mary, way back here, at verse 38, that was the joy choice. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. That is the choice that was made that led to the joy outburst. Now, God, I'm not saying that joy can't happen. Joy can't just uh, come upon you because our God is very generous and very merciful and very loving and, and sometimes not all joy that we find is, is leading with a choice. Just sometimes God, is, all the time, just God is good, right? 
But here's the deal. Mary's choice for joy. And then positioning herself in the source of joy led to her outburst of joy. I found this amazing quote. In uh, C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. Anybody ever read this book? I'm going to tell you right now, we have a little library out there, and this book is in there. And there are some of his other works in there. You guys can feel free to take those home, read them, and bring them back when you're done. But um, this book right here, I highly recommend reading. But, uh, but sometimes, I, and really, I feel like this applies to any of the Advent themes. Hope, peace, joy, love. These are... These are choices. These are not just emotions. These are not just things where God spins the dial and decides, oh, I'm going to give Becca joy today. Do you have joy today? You do? I'm so glad. C.S. Lewis says this, and I think we're going to have it on the screen if you want to read along. It says this, uh, good things as well as bad, you know, are caught by a kind of infection. Now, that's kind of weird with, with the recent uptick in COVID-19. Sorry about that. But, I mean, this was written a long time ago. So, uh, <laughs> good things as well as bad, you know, are caught by a kind of infection. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. They are not a sort of prize which God could, if he chose, just hand out to anyone. They are a great fountain of energy and beauty spurting up at the very center of reality. If you are close to it, the spray will wet you. If you are not, you will remain dry. Once a man is united to God, how could he not live forever? Once a man is separated from God, what can he do but wither and die? See, there is a source of joy. There is a source of love. There is a source of peace. There is a source for hope. And his name is Jesus. And if you want to feel any of these things, it's not just like, it's not just think your way into it. It's not like just turn that frown upside down. You know? You have to position yourself near the source. Right? You need to get close to God. You need to make space in your life and room for God.
Because he is the source. I think when you begin to really prioritize your time with God, your relationship with God, your silence with God, that's when these themes of Advent begin to really burst forth. So today, I just, I want to remind you that joy is not just an emotion. It is a choice. You can choose to position yourself near the source of joy or not. Jesus said it himself in John 15, 7 through 11. He says this. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. I think it's on the screen here. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my command, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remained in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Positioning yourself next to the source. That's the choice we have to make every single day. That's the choice Sometimes I have to make day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. I'm going to tell you guys, as much as I love Christmas, this November and December has been really hard on me. I, have, I don't know about anybody else. I know some of my friends here have been really going through it. And, and like, there are moments where I don't choose to position myself near Jesus. There are moments where I don't choose joy. There are moments where I say, you know, there are moments where I don't actively ignore God, but I position myself in a place to ignore God. And I just like, I just want to repent of that in front of all of you guys, but also like, I don't know if any of you guys have felt that, but like this has been a, a, a really rough season on a lot of people. And I don't want you, like one thing I want to clarify is like I'm not saying if, if you're being abused in any way or anything like that, I, like that's not a, 
you know, that's not a just get closer to God kind of situation. That is a, is a make a choice situation. You, like you, like we would love to help you, and you like you need help. But I am saying that for us, day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute, renewing our mind and positioning ourselves next to the source is the best possible place we can be for any of these Advent themes. And so I just want to encourage you guys, like, Jay-Z said, watch the throne. I'm telling you, watch the manger? No, that doesn't work. Um, But I am saying, watch out for your quiet time with God. Uh, there's no rules to it. It doesn't have to be first thing in the morning. It doesn't have to be last thing before you go to bed. Lots of people do it differently. Find what works for you and just make it a sacred time with God. You don't even have to say anything. You don't have to read anything. You can just sit in silence and, and just invite God. Just say, God, I'm here. If you want to say anything, say it. Watch your, watch your quiet time, especially in the busy season. Don't stray away from the source of life. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you truly that you are the source of life. That you are the source. You are the reason for our hope. And you provide us with shalom. Father, thank you for what you're doing in each of us. Even in the difficult seasons when we don't understand, we don't see your hand in it. Lord, those people that are in those seasons and and are, are being faithful to you, Lord, I just ask you to bless them right now. Lord, and those who are struggling with with questions and doubt, and I pray against shame over that. I pray against the spirit of shame over questions and doubt. Lord, I just pray that you would meet them in a deeper way with your love, Father. Lord, that you know, they may not be able to make the mental choice to position themselves near you. So I pray, Lord, that you come close to them right now. Father, show yourself. Show yourself merciful. Show yourself loving. Show yourself a father who will never abandon or forsake you. A father who keeps his word. A father whose word we can count on. Jesus, thank you, thank you. And as we continue on in uh, this time between where we're, where we're celebrating your past coming and we're looking towards your second coming, Father, let us be more and more like Mary every day and just say, let it be to me. Let it be to me. We love you, God.
In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.